0: Today we continue our series through the book of Hebrews, which teaches us that Jesus is the culmination of all God's purposes. Jesus has led and is leading us into a whole new world, a world over which he reigns, and there's no going back. Jesus is the culmination of all God's purposes, and so to follow him into his new world is worth whatever following him may cost us. We've come now to Hebrews chapter 4, and we're, we're building upon what Andy preached for us last week out of chapter 3. Um, so I'm going to jump right in. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. So in in chapter 3, the author of Hebrews began teaching through Psalm 95. And in chapter 4, we're still talking about it. We're still talking about Psalm 95. However, the tone has shifted a little bit. Chapter 3 issued a warning. Hear the voice of the Lord and obey the voice of the Lord, or you will face his judgment. But chapter 4 issues a promise. Hear the voice of the Lord and obey the voice of the Lord and you will enter into his rest. Verses 1 through 10 uh, really make a pretty simple argument but it it can be easy to lose track of the argument because the author keeps bouncing back and forth. So he quotes Psalm 95 then he explains the quote. He quotes Psalm 95 and explains the quote. He quotes Psalm 95 and explains the quote. And so, Because it's a little bit easy to lose track of the argument, I'm going to tell you on the front end the basic point he's trying to make, and then we'll read the verses, okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God rested on the seventh day, the Sabbath. Everything was good. All of creation was free to flourish under the favor of God. And so God rested. However, Adam failed to faithfully enter into and to abide within God's rest, the Sabbath rest of God. And the result was that mankind was exiled from God's rest. Now, skipping ahead to the story of the Exodus, we see God commissioning Moses to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and into the land of promise. The story of the Exodus is about God welcoming his people back into his rest. However, despite witnessing divine plagues and walls of water and pillars of fire, the people of God fail to hear his voice and to obey his voice when he says that it's time to reenter his rest. God says, enter into my rest, and the people say, no thanks, we'd rather go back to Egypt. Now, keep in mind, Egypt is where they were afflicted with heavy burdens. Egypt is where their lives were bitter with hard service. Those are quotes from Exodus, from, from the book of Exodus. Egypt is where they had no rest. And so God permits an entire generation to die in the wilderness, including Moses. But following the death of Moses, Joshua takes over, and God once again extends that offer to enter into his rest. God says, be strong and courageous. Enter into my rest. And this time, the people listen, and they obey, and they follow Joshua into the land of promise. After decades of of wandering around in the wilderness, the people could finally settle in the land. They could build homes and fortify cities and develop culture and grow crops and prosper in every way that you cannot prosper when you are wandering around in the wilderness. But here's the thing. According to Hebrews 4, all of this happened hundreds of years before Psalm 95 was written. Psalm 95 is recounting historical events. It's recounting the story of the Exodus, but at the same time, Psalm 95 is extending a present promise. Today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. So Psalm 95 promises rest to every generation. As long as we can call today, today, the promise of rest still stands. The rest that Joshua led the people into was was great. However, there remains an even greater Sabbath rest for the people of God. And that, according to the author of Hebrews, is the greater rest that we are following Jesus into. So that's the basic argument of verses 1 to 10. Um, now let's read it. therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them that the wilderness generation, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said. I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, in Psalm 95, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore, it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, Again, he appoints a certain day, today, saying, through David, so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Our God is a God who rests and gives rest. He welcomes us into his rest. Adam and Eve lost it and the wilderness generation refused it. But Joshua and his generation entered into it. And yet, Psalm 95 promises another rest yet to come. Jesus, the greater Joshua, is leading us into that rest. Let us therefore, verse 11, strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Now, at this point, I want us to remember that although the book of Hebrews remains applicable to us and to our situation, as does every passage of Scripture, The book of Hebrews is not immediately or directly applicable to us. The original audience to whom the book of Hebrews was written, the original audience was living in the overlap of two worlds. An old world was passing away and a new world was breaking in. So in that sense, the Israelites in the wilderness and the Jesus followers of the first century were truly parallel peoples. Both generations had been redeemed by God. But both generations were contemplating a a return to the old world. The Israelites in the wilderness were contemplating a return to Egypt and the Jesus followers of the first century were contemplating a return back to the Judaism of the old world. Back to a system that did not sufficiently Factor Jesus into the equation. And so the early church, this this first century church, was living through a period of testing in the wilderness. And so the New Testament book of Hebrews corresponds to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, if you're familiar with that. Both books were written to wilderness generations. And the basic content of both books is essentially the same. It says, what's coming is going to be so great. It's going to be great. You are entering into the Sabbath rest of God. So cling to him. Listen to his voice. Obey his voice and go claim your inheritance. Strive to enter that rest, it says. What is this rest? What is the Sabbath rest of God? Well, the rest being offered here is the very rest that Adam and Eve lost. It's the very rest that Moses' generation refused, and it's the very rest that Joshua's generation entered into. For Joshua and the people of his day, rest rest did not mean that they no longer had to do any work. Rest meant that they were finally able to work and to build, and to cultivate, and to prosper while enjoying the favor and blessing of God. Joshua and the people were entering into the land of promise. They were entering into God's rest. But life in the land of promise demanded strength and courage. Be strong and courageous, God says to Joshua. Claiming your inheritance Will require heroic action. The Sabbath rest of God is not a beach vacation. And the land of promise is not an all inclusive resort. There's nothing passive about this rest. When the Bible talks about rest, when the Bible talks about Sabbath rest for the people of God, it's talking about the freedom to flourish. The freedom to flourish. All who hear and obey God's voice will enjoy his favor in the home. All who hear and obey God's voice will enjoy his favor in the workplace. All who hear and obey God's voice will enjoy his favor even in the midst of pain and persecution. All who hear and obey his voice will experience a foretaste of heaven on earth. And I think that is why verses 12 and 13 have everything to do with the preceding verses, verses 1 through 11. At first glance, verses 12 and 13 seem out of place. It feels like a sharp turn or a change of subject. But it's really not. The emphasis is still on hearing and obeying God's voice, the Word of God. Four, the Word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of God is alive. The word of God is active. The word of God is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It will cut you up. It will pierce right through to to your inner thoughts and intentions, the inner thoughts and intentions of your heart. We are all exposed before it. There's nowhere to hide. The Greek word for exposed here is is very interesting it's it's where we derive the word trachea or tracheotomy it refers to the neck before the word of god our necks are exposed and i think i think these these first century jewish christians would have associated all of this imagery in verses 12 and 13 with temple worship and more specifically, with the sacrifice of animals. Animal sacrifice was obviously part of the old world that was passing away because Jesus was the once-for-all sacrifice. But even so, these first-century Jewish Christians would have been very familiar with animal sacrifice. For many centuries, they, they had been bringing animals to the temple priests and the priest would take the animals and expose their necks and pierce to the division of joints and marrow. The imagery is sacrificial imagery. And so, like sacrificial animals, the author of Hebrews is reminding us that, that our necks, our necks are exposed before the word of God. The sharp sword of the word of God. In the end, every neck is exposed. We can expose our necks willingly, or we can expose our necks unwillingly, but our necks will be exposed. The word of God will eventually disclose the truth of what is in your heart. Your secret thoughts, your your plans and intentions, whatever is really driving you. And so we are all faced, each and every one of us is faced today and every day, as long as we can call today, today, with a choice between surgery and autopsy. One way or another, you're going to be pierced by the word of God. You're going to be cut up. And so if it's going to happen eventually, you may as well get on with it, lest any of us should seem to have failed to enter into God's rest. When it comes to God's rest, we should all have FOMO, should all have the fear of missing out. We should all want to experience life, true life, a full life in the land of promise life under the favor and blessing of God, the the freedom to flourish under the favor and blessing of God. We should all want that. So, So how do we reach it? How do we reach the land of promise? How do we experience God's rest? What does it mean to strive to enter it? What does that look like? It looks like sticking out our necks. It looks like choosing surgery now rather than autopsy later. It looks like submitting to the the wise counsel and, and the steady hand and the skilled scalpel of the great physician. Jesus knows what he's talking about. He became one of us. He has firsthand knowledge of our condition he has first-hand knowledge of the disease we're all dying from. And he's offering to perform life-saving surgery. Expose your neck to him. Today is the day. Do not delay. Delay hardens the heart. Delay makes future repentance more difficult. Delay puts God to the test. Because today will not last forever and tomorrow is too late. Hear the word of God. Obey the word of God. And thereby enter into the Sabbath rest of God. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, you rest and you give rest. You grant us the freedom to flourish under your favor and your blessing. And please remind us of what a great privilege this is, lest we, lest we fail to enter it, lest we fall by disobedience, lest we return to Egypt. Jesus, teach us to be strong and courageous as you were strong and courageous. We want to follow you into the land of promise. Holy Spirit, by the word of God, cut us up, pierce us, heal us, teach us to obey, and help us to persevere. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.